podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Talk Leicester City podcast. So, we've got obviously yesterday's game to talk about, which um, being massive fallout from that i think there's been a bit of an overreaction if i'm completely honest but we'll get onto that in just a second some transfer news and a little bit surrounding the fa cup as well to get into today but before we do any of that james how are you doing mate yeah not too bad and who doesn't love a meltdown it's fact that is what makes me laugh about yesterday's i don't think we were actually that bad i just think that middlesbrough took their chances we didn't and like I've said it a fair few times this season where we haven't played particularly well, but we've got away with it. Yesterday, we just didn't get away with it. No, and, and it's that age-old thing, and if you don't take your chances, you don't win games. Um, I think we had a few good chances before they scored. You score them two chances, you tune them up. And the game's a completely different uh, way of playing then, isn't it, after that? But yeah, we didn't take our chances and we lost. I didn't, I didn't think we were drastically bad. We just weren't good. No. What... The way that I would look at it is I just don't think we had that clinical edge, but we're going to get into the breakdown of the game in just a second. But before we do that, guys, make sure to follow Let's Talk Leicester City on Twitter. The link will be in the description down below because we're doing our free word reviews and all of that kind of thing. So make sure to get involved, give it a follow, get involved in all of the polls and uh, all of the stuff over there. Also, all of the... Um, all of the podcast platforms that this is now getting uploaded to will also be in the description down below. So make sure to give us a follow over there. So in terms of a YouTube video, this will be out at six o'clock on Monday every week. And then uh, podcast times for different platforms is at eight o'clock, James, Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, um, so it'll be on every podcast platform by 8 a.m. Tuesday. But yeah, so make sure to go and give all of those a Follow, but let's get into the into the meat of yesterday's game. So, two one loss. We created enough chances to have won that game. Uh, the Daka chance early on, Vestergaard having a header, Vardy having a clear clear cut chance, Vestergaard as well later on in the game. I just think Michael Carrick set medals for up well defensively, and uh, they took their two chances that they got. Yeah, <clears throat> I think Michael Carrick had done, it, done his homework defensively <clears throat> um, and I thought they played quite well. I think, again, as we said, we just weren't clinical enough. Um, the, the various four or five chances you just mentioned, we score them, we're home dry, everyone's happy again, we're still top and we are top anyway, and we start pulling away from the pack again. I, I think it was just an off day at the office. You take them chances and we, we'd have won easily. Um it's just one of them things at the end of the day. I don't think it warrants the meltdown that I saw yesterday afterwards. No, it's like, yeah, with the meltdown and reaction that you've seen, it, you would have thought we we're rock bottom of the league in sort of in a similar situation of last year. Not the fact we've lost our first game in, in what is it, five or six and are comfortably clear at the top of the championship. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. I don't think it warranted. It went they were drastically bad and got absolutely ran off the park. Um, it was 2-1. Um, it was a fair result, I thought, because the way we played and the way they played. 
if we really took them chances, we win easily because we go on and push on from that. Um, and I just think it was just one of the bad days that we have. And I mean, I, I don't think I can single out one player that was bad. There was four or five of them that just looked off the pace yesterday. Yeah, and it was big players as well yesterday that in that first half. You likes of Dewsbury Hall, you likes of Mabadidi. Normally, you sort of go to consistent, reliable players that will pull you through these kind of games. Yesterday, they were well and truly off it. Yeah, I mean, it mentioned Dewsbury Hall. Uh, Dewsbury Hall's been on it most weeks um, and had an off game yesterday. And, and I think because he pulls all the strings in the middle of the park, once he has an off game, people around him start to have off games. Yeah, and... Like, I thought it was, like, talking about players having off games, I thought it was a really ballsy decision from Enzo, which, again, probably shouldn't surprise us, but to take off Mavadidi at half-time. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he was doing what he, he was supposed to do. And he, he, he just mentioned he was having a bad game, so it probably makes sense to drag him. Um, but I think it's good of Enzo when he sees people not performing how he wants them to perform. He takes them off, he doesn't wait. Um as we've seen in various other managers, wait until 64 minutes and then bring them off. Um, he wants to change the game as quick as he can, which he tried to yesterday. Yeah, something that um, was mentioned in my roundup show, and I sort of, I agree with it quite a lot, actually, is the fact that Mabadidi, in a sense, reminds me of Zaha for Palace or um, what Mares used to be for us, where like, if you give him space, he's going to absolutely tear you a new one. But yesterday, it felt like but every time he had the ball, he instantly had a man on him and that very quickly became two or three men. And it's like, when that happens normally, a player like Dewsbury Hall will step up and create something. And likewise, um, if Dewsbury Hall has been marked out of a game, Mavadidi steps up. Yesterday, they both just had off games. Yeah, totally. And, and everyone does the homework nowadays. They're going to put two or three people on him because I know that he's a winger and he's pacey. So they will do that. And it just means that someone in midfield has to start dragging the players out of position, which we're usually really, really good at. But yesterday, we were just, I think we were just off, off yesterday, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we created plenty of chances. It was just that killer instinct in front of goal. Like, Daka with the header in the first half, that has to be a goal. Um, I think Vestergaard had a header as well from a corner. And it's like, we created the chances. And I, but our build-up into the final third was good. It was just that clinical edge. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there was five chances that I saw yesterday that should have been goals. Um, and on a different day, we'd have scored them, as we have done when we've been away. We score quite a lot when we're away from home, at home, with the crowd behind us. I just thought yesterday, you score them chances and you, and you push on to win that game. So I think it was just difficult. And if, we, if you don't take chances, you're never likely to win games. Yeah, the one thing that, like, one thing I was very critical of yesterday is the second goal we conceded was very, very basic. Take like losing the ball from our own throw in, and then think about eight seconds later it being in your own net. Like schoolboy, schoolboy defending. Yeah, and it's not the not the first time we've seen that. We've seen it many times this season with defending like that. Um, sometimes usually starts off at the back and we lose the ball early on and they score. At this time, it's a throw in, we lose the ball, they score. Um, we need to stop mistakes like that. If we, if we go up and we do that in the Premier League, we're going to get absolutely rinsed week in, week out. Yeah. And I, something that I liked yesterday, and it's like 
there was plenty of positives to take from the fact it was a 2-1 loss. Is I've said for the longest time, and I keep repeating this, but if I see a team that gives absolutely everything and just falls short, I'm not going to moan. I just want to see a team that is going to give, be committed to absolutely everything. And it felt like, despite the fact we went 2-0 down, the heads didn't drop and they kept going mm. right until the end, where we we could, I don't want to say could have got back into the game, but it wouldn't have surprised me at the end if we had equalised. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right with that. I think, um, like you said, I don't think it was a terrible performance. Um, and, and yeah, I, I thought as after Vardy scored, I thought we'd push on and get a second and equalise, and, and I could see it coming. Unfortunately, it didn't come. Um, but I just think they did their homework as well. They, they they kind of surrounded our key players and, and made it difficult for them to do anything with it. And the other players struggled with the game as well because our key players were tied up with other things. So I, I just think it's really, really difficult um, and we need to find better ways to do things. Um, I, I think subs-wise, I thought they were okay. Um, and, and it and is obviously you try to change things at half-time and then you've got 45 minutes to get back into the game, which obviously we struggled with. So I, I just... It's one of the things where I think you just mark it off as a bad result and just go on to the next one. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I thought it was good, though. It seemed like the crowd, even though we went 2 0 down yesterday, were right behind the team. Like we've seen it before where like we're not winning, you can hear a pin drop. I thought yesterday it sounded so much better, in, uh, particularly where I am in SK3. And like there wasn't any moaning or groaning. The only booing I heard was towards the linesman and the and the ref, who I thought were awful, but then I expect that week in, week out from them. It's like, you sound very bitter if you're saying a ref's awful when you've lost a game, but it's the same. The standard's been horrendous for all season, but it felt like there was a lot more sort of unity and backing yesterday. Yeah, I think like you just mentioned, when the players don't give up, um, it gets the fans going as well, because they're like, well, they're giving it shit, so let's go for this. And I think having new fans on side has always been marked as that 12th man. So I think it was good to see the crowd getting back to where they should be, rather than, like you say, you can hear a pin drop. Sometimes we've seen corners where you can hear what the players are actually saying, which is criminal for a football ground. Um, But I think we are getting better. We just need to build on it as fans. Yeah. A little word on fans and uh, Union FS before the game. I thought the uh, the TIFO they did was brilliant as well. They... I think they're one of, if not the best fan groups in terms of TIFOs. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, and obviously take a lot of time and effort to do things like that um, and manpower. So, so yeah, um, I, I think it's on par. I, I think they're, they're a lot better than any other British um, club. And then if you see the ones abroad, I, I think it, it's getting towards them because um, they're kind of where the TIFO came from. Um, and it looks magnificent. I mean, when we went in Europe, you saw what they were like. Um, so I think it's great that we can do things like that. And I, I love the fact as well, because like, that it's all done by hand. Like You see a lot of the other clubs without taking too many shots at any other clubs that are all done by like printers and stuff like that. I love the fact that UniFS is, is fan-funded and it's all done by hand. Yeah, it's quite easy for the clubs to, to put money into things. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the clubs do it and it looks perfect because it's all been printed. Um, but when it's done by hand and the fans are doing it, it's kind of our thing rather than the club's thing. I know it's done at the club, but it's the fans thing rather than a club thing. 
Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting because uh, I mentioned it last week, but for the Swansea game, I, w- I sat in uh, well, uh, the back of SK1, so just behind the Union FS corner. The atmosphere there compared to where I am in at the back of SK3 is, is night and day difference. Like, I, I think what they're doing is fantastic and I'm hoping they're given more of even more license next year to carry on with what they're doing. Yeah, as you spoke before, it's, it's great what they're doing SK1, but it's how do you spread that around the ground? Um, maybe you can make make it bigger or all the various initiatives you could do to spread it around the ground. I think when you're in that SK1, it sounds really good and it's a great atmosphere. You just need to make sure it happens in all sides of the ground. Um, and it's how do you do that? Yeah, 100% agree. Um, something that I think came up yesterday that wasn't sort of, isn't what you typically expect from Enzo Mresca. We saw a little bit of a plan B from Enzo Mresca yesterday. Yannick Vestergaard up front for the last five, 10 minutes, lumping balls into the box. I like to see that from him. Like, it's not just one way, like, and no matter what, it's the same. It was a bit adaptable yesterday. Yeah, it, it was clear that the stuff that they were doing wasn't working against Middlesbrough. Um, and when you get teams like that, you need a plan B. Um, I remember in the old days with Martin O'Neill, he used to put Steve Walsh up front, um, who used to score hatfuls of goals up there. So, yeah, if you've got someone big at the back, stick them up front and see if they can score goals. And it's a, it's a different way of scoring to what we used to. And sometimes oppositions are not ready for it. Uh, I think, like, you could tell that it, it wasn't what we're used to, but it was like the way that all Brighton was brought on with clearly just one intention, get the ball into the box. And it's like, I thought the fact that, like, it's probably not the way he wanted to play, but it was like kitchen sink time, just throw everything at them. And like, how many times last year did we see like in the 90th minute where we were losing a game and we're still playing out from the back? And like, I'm all for our playing out from the back style of play. I think it's like, the way forward and I think it's the right way to be playing and I think it's sort of the way football's going. But in the nine like 90 plus minutes where you'd still be seeing it go from Danny Ward to Amati to FaZe and it's like there's a time and a place just to get the ball forward and like without sounding like one of the, the moaners and groaners going forward, forward. But yesterday in that sort of towards the end of the game, I did like the fact that it was just putting balls into the box and trying to ask questions. Yeah, totally. And, and Old Brighton's, um, I know he doesn't play much, but he's still probably the best cross for the ball we've got at the club. And when he crosses the ball, the ball is pinpoint. So to have someone tall up there, they're going to head a ball like Vestergaard, makes sense. Just keep whipping balls into him. And if you can get one in, get one in. You can get one in. So I, I think that's a great tactic to have with 10 minutes to go. Yeah, ironically, the, the chance for did fall to Vestergaard was one that was on the floor. And probably anyone else you think the, the back of the net is um, yeah. the balls in the back of the net there. Saying that, Vardy missed an absolute sitter a couple of moments before, didn't he? Yeah, totally. As we said earlier, I just don't think we were clinical yesterday. On a different day, he might have scored. Yeah. Um, let's quickly talk about Vestergaard whilst we're, whilst we're on the topic and the transfer news that has come out regarding him. So this is from Tom Colomus saying Leicester poised to open contract talks with Yannick Vestergaard after an outstanding season with the championship leaders. Remarkable turnaround for the Dane, who had been frozen out by Rodgers. The deal is up in June. 
for me, I think he deserves a new contract. I would be wary of giving him too long a contract and sort of too big a role within his contract. But as a squad option next year, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think for me, he's a great championship defender. Um, I don't really think he did much in the Premier League, not just under us, under Southampton. Um, so I think for me, he'd be a great squad option. I'm not sure. I think we need to shore our defence up over the summer. I'm not sure if that's him or, or not, if I'm being honest. But I think a one-year deal would probably suit him um, and would probably suit us as well. But I think don't. Don't do something stupid and give him a four-year deal. Four-year deal on an increased pay now. It's got to be something like a one-year deal or maybe even a like one year with an option to extend. But I also think that he will have to take a wage cut because he's on 75k, isn't it, at the moment? Something like that? Yeah, like, I think yeah, so. Be reduced. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and it'll be... Sorry, he's obviously on a par with Premier League wages, but I don't believe he's that Premier League defender that we need um and, and i think the one we've got nelson will be if we go up he'll be that main center back with maybe phase at the back i don't know but i think nelson's going to be one for next year yeah i think we're just going to see more and more of ben nelson towards the end of this season and hopefully a lot more next year but regarding Vestergaard, it's like i don't want him to be a starter next season but i think after the summer we've just had where we saw what over £100 million worth of players walk away for nothing. We can't afford to do that again. No, and you've seen, I think, the seven out of contract in June. and Most of them will walk. You'll see it again um, this summer. We just need to make sure the ones we're bringing in are the right players. And the ones we're letting go for money is the right deals. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because NDD, I think... I'm unsure on Ndidi. I really am because when he plays, he's brilliant and like he's been fantastic this season. But he hasn't played a huge amount, and also, I don't think he can do the role that he's doing now in the Premier League. No, and no. I think that's where I'm coming from. Um, what would he do in the Premier League? He won't do that role because I don't believe he's got the legs anymore to do that role in that Premier League. Um, and like I say, he does get a lot of injuries. So I, I think that'll be a tough decision whether you extend him or just or just let him leave. Um, I think it's a difficult one because I think Ndidi will want to play. And if he's not playing, I, mean, I don't think he'll be very happy. He's also one that comes with a bit of a name value as well. So I don't think he'll be short of options. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think he's one of them players that... that what was the unbelievable um, CDM was so good at it and got a really good name for himself. So like say his name might help him get somewhere else um, if we don't offer him anything. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because obviously from players, uh, sorry, from clubs abroad now, he can start negotiating contracts, can't he, for next season. But also got Ian Acho as well. So I didn't think he would play for Leicester again. I, I was convinced he would go in January. I don't see him signing a new deal now. I really can't. No, I think I think it'd be silly to sign a new deal. Um, uh, I think personally, I'm not, I don't even know if he'll be offered a new deal. I think 
We've seen lots of links with Palace, etc. So I think there's a few clubs in for him. Um, and it probably makes sense for him to go on a free somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's like It won't be as bad as last summer in terms of losing value of talent. But I think... And we mentioned this before, you're not going to see the full results of the review, like the summer review and sort of what has changed at the club for the next few years. But I'm hoping this is the last year where we see sort of a huge amount of players leave for free because Dennis Pratt's another one that's probably going to walk for nothing as well. Yeah, he's another one. Um, and and the reason they're walking for nothing is all around their contracts. They've given them stupid value contracts. And no one's going to come in for them because no one want, no one doesn't believe the wages are worth it. Um, and that's that's what the problem we've got. I think we, we won the Premier League, which is a great thing to do. But since then, our contract negotiations have been terrible. And you've seen that the players we've bought in have been great players. We've given like four-year deals on 80 grand a week. And then they don't play. And then you can't get rid of them because no one thinks they're worth 80 grand a week. Yeah, it, it's... It's like you shoot yourself in the foot, don't you? Because it's not only are you overpaying for players, then you can't you can't shift them. But I feel like we're going to go in circles with this because we've talked about it a lot. But something that we didn't do and probably should have done after the uh, after finishing talking about the Middlesbrough game, our three word review had quite a lot of fun doing this last week. Uh, again, as I said, get involved with this on Twitter if or X as it's now called. I still can't get my head around calling it X. It's it's still Twitter, isn't it? But um, so we put out asking for your free word reviews and going to put as many of these on screen as possible. So uh, free word review, Cyrus saying being found out. I wouldn't quite agree with saying being found out. I just think not quite at it today. But again, it's brilliant to get in uh, different opinions. Noah saying chance, chance is not taken. Again, I agree with that. As I said earlier, plenty of opportunities. Just didn't put enough in the back of the net. James put in must, dot, do, dot, better. Then me saying not our best. And City Fox saying Foxes never quit. And... Again, get involved with this uh, in the comments if you're watching this back now or uh, if you're listening back, get involved because I want to try and do more and more of these. But I think that just the general summary of it is pretty accurate, really. I don't agree with that uh, we've been found out on, but the, in terms of um, the just, again, not at our best, I think, and uh, not clinical. But again, we move on, we move on and we move on to Leeds on Friday night, just the small matter of first versus second at Ellen Road. Uh, biggest game of the season, um, especially losing to Middlesbrough. You, we need to go and kick on. If we lose that game, two losses in a row, Leeds close the gap. Um, that would be my worry. Um, so you need to go and get something at Leeds. I know it's going to be difficult, but I think if our players are on song and do what they should be doing, and we're clinical, we come away with three points. And I think this Friday's game is just so massive. It's my thing is, I don't even think it's a must win game. I think it's a, and I don't even want to say a must not lose because if we lose, we're still six points clear. But it's a game that I think a point's a good result. 
yeah, mentality wise, you, you want to come away at least a point. I don't think you want to lose um, again. And Enzo won't want that either. Um, I think we've got the right team to, to go to go there and get points. Um, and I think we, we I think we should be doing that. Um, my only worry is that Lisa obviously confident going forwards. Um, so it's just hopefully we can go there and get a result. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be an interesting game. It'll be I'm expecting Alan Road to be absolutely bouncing on Friday night because they they know is for them, but. I don't think a draw really does it for them because of the position they're in. They need to go and win the game. Yeah, I think it's... I don't want to say it's must-win for both teams, but both teams will see it as must-win because Leeds will want to win to close the gap. Leicester will want to win to keep the gap. Um, mm -hmm. So it's one of them things that I think yeah, Ellen Road will be rocking. Um, hopefully it'll be a good game and hopefully we can get a good result. Yeah, and... I think something to say about the Leeds perspective as well, and I'm hoping to get a Leeds fan on uh, channel to do a preview with him on Wednesday night, but something to say about the Leeds, like looking at it from a Leeds perspective, you don't want to open that door for Southampton. No, you're right. Southampton are close by. Um, Ipswich getting results as well. Um, I think you get into that stage of the season now where every single game is going to be a cup final. Um, and you have to keep pushing on. You have to keep getting results. Um, and there'll be a few more twists and turns in this um, title race yet. Yeah. Well, it, I think I think it's just if we, we should be flying from where we are. It's just about holding your nerve and like you're gonna worry if you if you're not nervous and stuff, then something something's not right because we've uh, like we're we're in a brilliant position. And I think you can like at the start of the season you couldn't have dreamed of a position we're in. Like it's only natural, but he's slightly nervous. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, the points we are clear. Um, a lot of people say it's left us to lose now, which they might be right. But every single game is going to be nervous because every single game is against a team that needs points, whether they're top of the table or bottom of the table. Every team now needs points, so it's going to be difficult from here on in. I think. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And Something that I do that does make me laugh, and how much like you're saying about it being Leicester's to lose and all that. How much the narrative has changed? Because we were doing podcasts before the start of the season in the summer, where everyone was like, "Oh, it's a difficult league to get out of. Uh, like it'll take your, you've got a whole new squad, you've got, um, you've got new players. It will take time to click. Uh, an inexperienced manager to all of a sudden now, well, look at the money you've spent." You've got a Premier League squad. You should be getting out of the league. So it's funny how the narratives change very quickly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and I think for me personally, um, I didn't realise the championship, some of the championship teams were as bad as they are. I've seen some right awful championship teams. Um, but like I said earlier, the referee has been awful as well. Um, but yeah, the narrative's changing now to we should have won the league with our with with our squad and, and they're probably right the amount we pay for them um but yeah the narrative's changed i mean at the start of the season uh, a lot of people didn't think we'd get the playoffs and now they will change as well yeah and it's um <laughs> it does make me laugh though but something that i think we've obviously got to look forward to is we've said about the leeds game and we'll go into this in much more detail next week got the fa cup game coming up as well against bournemouth so for me that FA Cup game has got to be the sort of 
as much as I wanted us to have a go at it, it's the lowest priority, isn't it? Getting out of the championship is the bigger priority. Yeah, I just probably think that it's a distraction we maybe not need at the minute. Um, so we, we might see some some youngsters playing in that, um, and quite rightly so, unless we really want to go for it. The thing that worries me if you go for it, you've then got other games coming up, um, which could cause issues. Um, so for me, getting out of the championship is key for this season. Um, Rather than rather than the FA Cup and Championship, I think we need to concentrate on the league. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, talking about BT Sport, and this isn't so much Leicester relate. Sorry, saying talking about BT Sport, I've ruined what we're going to go on to. Uh, talking about the FA Cup, it's now been decided that it's going to be on TNT from twenty fifteen and uh, the twenty fifteen. 2016 season. I'm absolutely ballsing this up, aren't I? <laughs> That's where we won the league. <laughs> going back 10 years, I mean, I wish I wish we could go back to that point. It was a fantastic point of time. But uh, the FA Cup being moved to TNT on 2025 uh, 2026 20, season. There we go. Nailed it. Not a fan of this, if I'm honest. Not a fan at all. It feels like the FA Cup is one trophy but shouldn't be behind a paywall and putting it on BT Sport or TNT, whatever you want to call it, is doing exactly that. Yeah, and um, I think at the minute it's shared with BBC and ITV. Um, so 25-26 will be TNT Sports and a free-to-air channel. Who that is, I don't think has been has been awarded yet. Um, and And Channel 4 have started to, to show um, international games. You'd probably expect Channel 4 to be in the bidding for that as well. Um, so I think, I'm, I'm with you, I think you just, just leave it on BBC and ITV. There's not much money in the FA Cup. Even the winners don't get as much as they used to. I'm oh, sorry, they do get more than they used to. That's a ridiculous statement. Um, but it's not as much as Premier League money. There's nowhere near that. Um, so, so I think for me, it's, it's keep, keep it with the, BBC and ITV or Channel 4, but let people view it because it's that grassroots competition. Yeah, it's it's the oldest uh, competition in uh, like professional football competition, isn't it? But I think the, the thing that's going to be said about it is that, like, growing up, it was always you could watch, like, on ITV, there's the Champions League nights, uh, the UEFA Cup nights all like free to watch on ITV and like you got international football, the FA Cup. And now just more and more of these competitions are now just being put behind paywalls. And it's like, it's not just going to games that people are being priced out of. It's also being able to even watch it at home. Yeah, you got the Carabao Cup. That's another one that's gone on satellite channels. Um, like I say, the Champions League is TNT Sports now. Um, Europa, um, I think that's TNT Sports as well, because Sky doesn't show that. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to watch um, football as you used to um, on a Saturday. I used to, used to watch Grandstand and things like that on a Saturday. That's all changed now since Sky did their own um, sports show on a Saturday. Um, and, and things are just changing. It's all about money. But yeah, I think a lot of the things should be on free-to-air stuff so people can actually watch games. Yeah, the thing is, I understand why the Premier League and Champions League, I understand why those are on paywall channels like your Skies and your TNTs. Uh, 
I don't agree with it, but I understand it. With the FA Cup is the one that I really struggle with because it's like that is about the, the whole football pyramid, not just your sort of elite clubs, which is what the uh, Premier League and the um, Champions League. That's all about the elite clubs. I understand why that's all behind a paywall. I really struggle with it with the FA Cup when it's about the football pyramid from the top to the bottom. Yeah, Premier League and, and Champions League and the Europa is money generation, let's be honest. Generates a hell of a lot of money, which is why it goes to these bigger com- media companies and they charge for it because they pay a lot for it. Um, so that makes sense. FA Cup. Um, for, probably first sight, you look at the FA Cup and, you, and the going to TNT, but I'd like to see what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Because if, if that means that TNT are going to put in more money for different rounds of the FA Cup, then that might be a bit bad. But if it's just around showing the games, then no. It depends what they're going to put into the FA Cup. Are they going to make more competition money? Um, what's going to happen to the FA Vars? Are they going to put more money into the FA Vars? So I think it's one of the things I'd like to know what happens. If they're not going to do anything, they just leave it on the free-to-air channels. The one thing that I think, if they are going to add more money to it and it make it sort of a bigger prize pot for the winners and the further you get... I think the one positive you'll see from that is teams will start to take it more seriously and you won't see teams putting out reserve teams. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, be interested to see what happens, um, but at least it's on BBC and ITV until 2025, so we've got one year left, haven't we? So when we win it next year, it will be the last year on BBC is what you're saying. Yeah. And it'll, it'll come to a quiz one day. Who was the last... Um, team to win the FA Cup when he was free to watch. <laughs> it's like, who, who was the first player to have a goal overturned by VAR? Iheanacho. Iheanacho against Fleetwood, wasn't it? That's going to yeah. be a pub question at some point. Yeah. Uh, also, who, who was the last team to win the Barclays Premier League? That was Leicester, wasn't it? Because it just became a Premier League after. Yeah. Another great quiz question. History makers. We should do a pub quiz show. I think it would probably be hilarious for everyone watching as we get every question wrong. But <laughs> it would make a great. It would make a great content and great podcast. Yeah, it would. But I think we've just about covered everything, mate. There's. It feels like not a huge amount to cover this week, really. Uh, no, but we'll be back after the Leeds game and dissecting that and see how we get on there. Yeah, it's. That Leeds game, oh, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's what Sunday 3 30. But we're recording this now. I'm already getting those nerves that I normally only get on sort of for a Saturday kickoff, but I get about Friday lunchtime. We're a week away, and I'm already sort of starting to get nervous about it. Yeah, I think it's a huge game. I just I just hope we go there and give it our all, um, and come away with the points. Yeah, again, my. Uh, going to be talking a lot about that game this week so make sure to keep an eye out for that but before we do finish because I know some people will skip through the start and the intro of the podcast let everyone know James where they can find um, where they can find the podcast uh, podcast is on every single well should be on every single uh, podcast platform um, so wherever you listen to your podcast whether it's Apple Podcasts Spotify or Amazon they're the three big ones uh, we're on all of them uh, just sort of search for Let's Talk Leicester City. You'll see our podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. 
Um, it'll also be on Ant's channel Monday night at 6 p.m. if you want to watch the YouTube version of it. Um, if not, if you want to listen to it in the car, uh, download the audio podcast, which will be available from 8 a.m. Tuesday morning. It sounded very official saying that. It's like almost, almost sort of advert-esque. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> also do make sure to follow the Twitter page as well. Um, we're going to be trying to do more and more interactive polls on there. Uh, but we'll be featuring in the in the podcast. So do get involved with that. Guys, like, comment, subscribe, all of that good stuff. But I'll see you guys in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.